don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. Have you heard that yeah. before, right? You really want something, usually the more you want it, the more likely somebody is to say that to you. Um, and it's not usually to be mean, it's to protect your feelings, right? Um, we just, this property that we bought has stables on it. We're not a horse family, but it has stables and a corral. And my daughter, Faith, is 10, is already talking about how maybe she'll get a horse for Christmas. It's like, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> Boop, you know, don't get your hopes up. Maybe you share about your newest love interest with your best friends. Things are new, they're going well, but it's on the heels of a breakup. And your friend is like, I just don't want you to get your hopes up. Because maybe you're the girl that after two dates starts writing his last name with your name. <laughs> that was me when I was like 22. I'd be like, oh, how would that look? Let me start signing my signature, you know, with the guy's last name. Don't do that, ladies. It just leads to trouble. Um, but she doesn't want you to get hurt, right? She has seen you throw everything into a relationship before. Or maybe it's you and you find yourself saying a lot, I just don't want to get my hopes up. I'm scared to get my hopes up. Sometimes it's said in a rude way with someone who isn't concerned about your feelings at all. We've all had that. You share a dream or you share something you want to do and you really are excited about it and they just spout off, well, I wouldn't get your hopes up. Wouldn't get your hopes up. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a spouse, family member, professor. Don't get your hopes up. Whatever the situation, we've all heard it, and most of us have said it. Don't get your hopes up. Well, over the next few months, the next today and the next two months after this, we're going to talk about hope. But we're going to turn that phrase on its head, and we're going to say, get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. It's okay to get your hopes up. Not because everything you hope for is going to magically happen because this isn't Disneyland or TV sitcoms where everything magically happens. But because the one you put your hope in is true and he's real and he's faithful. My desire is to catapult you all into this hope. His hope. Where we throw ourselves into the goodness and grace of God and his love for us and we trust him with the outcome, whatever it may be. When we feel hope, that little bubbling up feeling, you kind of start to believe anything is possible. You have a sick child and you're like, you know what? I think they're going to be okay. It's, it's, it's more than just, oh, a longing. It's like you kind of feel, I hope... I hope they're going to be okay. You, it's, it gives you, if you have a glimmer of hope, your finances are in a shambles, your family, is, your family is crumbling, but we feel this hope, this strange sensation that maybe, just maybe everything's going to be okay. That's the feeling of hope. So when you look up hope, hope is two things. The feeling that what is wanted can be had. That's one of the ways you can look at hope. For example, it's September, so I'm pretty sure if you say, I hope Starbucks has its pumpkin spice lattes out, 
it's a safe bet you're good, probably starting like August 20th or something. I mean, they feel like they start earlier and earlier. Did anyone see the Christmas tree lot popped up next to the freeway? Yes. Christmas tree lot. What in the heck? You guys are like, there's a Christmas tree lot? Yes. Red and white awnings. The second definition of hope is the feeling that events will turn out for the best. It's that end game feeling that no matter what happens here, that end, it's going to be good and things are going to be okay. And this is where believers in Jesus need to camp out. That hope that everything's going to be okay. Who here has hopes this morning? I do. I've got some significant ones, right? We have hopes. Some of you here are like, I hope I get married someday. I hope I can get through my to-do list this weekend. I hope I have kids. I hope I can find a good deal on a car. I hope my child's problems are resolved. I hope God shows me what to do. I hope God works out this issue for my marriage and my family. I hope God heals him, heals her. I hope I can just find joy in my life. All of these hopes are really just unspoken prayers up to God. And when we hope in faith, we can like rest in this place where we know that everything's going to work out for our good. Everything's going to turn out. It may not look like what we want it to, exactly how we'd like to plan it out, but God's going to bring his best out of it because he loves you and has plans for you, and he sees you. I believe that hope is proof that we believe we're not alone, um, and that our lives, lives are seen and covered by a loving God because we dare to hope that someone would, in fact, intervene, that God would intervene on our behalf, because hope takes faith, right? You have to believe that something can change. Our text today tells us that God has given us a hope that will never disappoint us. And I know that there are women in here who have felt so disappointed by what they have encountered here on, in their relationship, relationships and what they've encountered here. They have known disappointment. And Paul says he gives us a hope that doesn't disappoint us. In Romans 5, Paul is writing to Christians living in Rome He's basically laying out this big picture. This is what salvation is. He's laying out the doctrine of salvation. I'm going to read just verses 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. What? I picture like the record going, like, I'm going to glory in tribulations? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, 
who was given to us. I pulled out a couple of these words that Paul uses. Faith, peace, grace. Grace is just God's favor. We can't earn it. We can't do anything to get it. He just favors us. That's grace. These are the things we have access to just by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. The word in verse 2, rejoice, we rejoice in hope. It can also be seen as boast. Boast. We can boast in the hope of the glory of God because we can boast in him because of his majesty, his excellency, his ability to do things and move things in our lives, his trustworthiness. This word is for boast or, or rejoice is head held high. And it comes from the, the root for the word neck. And so it what holds the head up high. So it's like this idea that I'm going to rejoice in God's hope. My head can be high. I can be confident no matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to boast. I'm going to rejoice in the hope of God whose love has been poured out into my heart because he is able. He is powerful. He loves me. He is for me. He sees this. He can do something. So I'm going to stand in confidence. I'm going to boast in this hope. And then we see that not only that, when things get hard and we face trials and afflictions and struggles and confusions, we have a roadmap that still ends at hope. How does that happen? But it does. If we follow it, it still brings us back to hope. The word for tribulations here is a very strong term. It's not just like um, minor inconveniences like getting stopped at a stoplight when you're going somewhere. Like, does anybody else blame the stoplight? <laughs> like, seriously, I will just be furious at the four stoplights when the reality is I left five minutes too late. But I will get mad at the lady driver in front of me. I'll get mad at the stoplight. I'll get mad at the train when it's like, Kim, if you just left 10 minutes before, none of this would have mattered, you know? So it's not like those inconveniences, even though they can feel like tribulations. But it's talking about real hardships, tough times. And Paul, Paul knew those, um, including persecution, which I think is going to start, is going to become very real for us in the not too distant future, right? Paul teaches us that hard times and troubles can lead us to a type of patient enduring or perseverance. In the New Testament, it's the characteristic of a person who is not swerved from their deliberate purpose and their loyalty to faith in even the greatest trials and sufferings. They will just stand tall and firm no matter what's happening. They're going to believe God, trust God, love God, look to God, keep their faith in God. And I feel like this is where us stubborn girls can put our hard heads to good use, right? Are there any more stubborn girls in here? Thank you. Some of y'all are so stubborn, you're like, I'm not stubborn. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> when you're in a hard season, you let your face be set. You let your face be set that God is good and he is faithful and he is able and he is for you and he has not forgotten you. You be unwavering in your faith, knowing that the God of the universe is with you. He sees you, he loves you, and he's working behind the scenes to work things out. 
You are enough for him. You are valuable to him. And he will work for you. There's a song out by 10th Avenue North, and it says, I have this hope in the depths of my soul that in the flood or in the fire, you are with me and you will not let go. Have your face set knowing that. And as you persevere, Paul says, it develops your character. This word can also be experience. The idea is your character is proved through experience. Um, have you ever come through a difficult time? One of those times where you really thought, I am not going to be able to make it through this. I will not be able to survive this. And people are like, God's not going to give you more than you can handle. And you're like, <laughs> it is too late. Like, I don't know what's, where you read that, but this is more than I can handle. Sometimes you don't need those platitudes. Sometimes what your friend needs is just to go, this sucks. This really is hard, and you must be really scared and angry and feeling totally lost. Man, let me pray for you, right? See, but then you come through that trial and you have like a deeper compassion for other people who have gone through it. You have a fresh empathy and understanding of people, and you have a fresh understanding of God's sustaining grace because he sustained you. I remember going through such a hard time, and I just remember singing in the shower, you know, you sustained me over and over because that's, I, I was held on to that because that's all I had. You experience his presence in the fire because he's with you in the fire and that changes you because now you know that he's going to be with you when the next storm comes and it will because life is like that. But you know he was with me then and he's going to be with me now. He was faithful then and he's going to be faithful now. We let it build us, not crush us. Every trial we go through will not be wasted. We can boast in this hope. Now, the Greek word for hope, elpis, is an expectation of good, hope. And in the Christian sense, this joyful and confident expectation of our eternal salvation. Because for Paul, that's where the tracks ended when it came to hope. He's going to fill us up with hope for life today, for our trials today, for our stuff today, for persecutions today, but he's always going to end it in heaven and say, you keep writing hope and you, you know it's going to end in a place where you feel so much love. You'll be overcome by the acceptance and love that you feel. On September 11th, it was the five-year anniversary of my mom's passing. Um, she died of Alzheimer's, so it was a slow, it was a slow and agonizing journey, losing her piece by piece until she didn't know who my kids were or, you know, really much of anything. She lived in a, in a home. They say every night she prayed for all of us by name. And she talked to Jesus all the time. She would sit and talk to him. They're not ready yet. 
you know, like for her to go. She talked to Jesus. He was right there. I prayed for healing. I hoped for healing. I cried out to God for healing of my mom's mind. He didn't heal her. But let me tell you why that didn't break me. Yes, I grieve, obviously. I still grieve. My mom was better than every other mom, hands down, honestly. Every good part of me as a mom, the loving, caring, gentle, prayerful part of me as a mom is my mom. She was amazing. So yes, there is a part of me that still grieves, but I do not grieve without hope. I don't grieve without hope. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. I don't want you to be ignorant to this because I don't want you to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. You have hope. You know why? Because I'm going to see my mom again. That's why Paul ends it there. I'm going to see my mom in heaven and I'm going to get one of her awesome hugs. She's going to be in her right mind. It's going to be amazing. She's going to meet my adopted daughter someday, far from now, I hope. There's a deeper hope than what we see here. There's a bigger picture than to our little breath, like the Bible calls our lives. It's so short. It's a hope rooted in heaven. The realization that in the end, no matter our circumstances now, we have a Savior in Jesus Christ who has paved a way for us to go to heaven and spend an eternity with God who is love. And you will feel such love and such approval and such welcoming like you've never felt here. You belong. You'll feel like you belong in heaven. So we boast in our hope for our future in heaven. If you know Jesus this morning, you know where the road's going to end. And it is joyous and good. It's not cherubs and things. It's amazing what is going to be up there. So we boast in heaven, but we also boast in the hope that is this joyful and confident expectation of good. So when things don't go exactly as you hoped, you can still trust that God's going to bring things out for good. God's going to work things out for good for you. Try to line up with him. Try to talk to him. Try to see where he's going. He's going to line it up for good. In Isaiah 40, we read, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll have new strength. This word for wait is kava, and it's to wait, to look for, to expect, and to hope, to hope. So the verb here for wait can be translated as hope. So we read verse 31, but those who hope in the Lord, those who put their hope in God, they will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and they, they're not going to get tired. They're going to walk and not faint. They're going to be able to endure. It's the sense of hopeful waiting. It's waiting with confidence, waiting with expectancy, 
with trust. Trusting him to decide what's going to happen with our lives. Trusting him with the big picture. Those who wait expectantly for the Lord, placing their hopes in him, placing their hopes in him, trusting him to bring his plans to pass in his perfect time, it's those whose strength will be renewed. It's those who will be carried up on the wind away from despair. Those who will run the race of life and not grow tired, who will walk the lonely path of depression, of loss, of infertility, of addiction. They will walk that path and not grow weary because he is sustaining and he is helping. Hope in the Bible is a confident and positive expectation of good. And ladies, this morning, God wants you, whatever circumstance you're facing, whatever future you're looking at, to stand there having a confident expectation of good because he is good and he is love and he loves you and he will bring good. You are his child. I felt like I was supposed to, that's for somebody. You're his child and he favors you, like you're his favorite. I love what Paul says in verse five. Hope does not disappoint. We have experienced disappointed hopes. All of us have, all of us have. But there's a hope that doesn't disappoint as we are become aware of how much God loves us and is for us. It's a hope that springs from him and pours into us by his Holy Spirit. Your plans for your future maybe got hijacked. And they don't look anything like you planned. They don't look anything like you feel like they should. They don't look anything like your friends or on TV. But because you can say, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, you can also say, I have a future full of promise and purpose because that's what God says about me. And he has laid out things for me and he has provided for me. Things may not work out how you hope, but God is all in your business and he's gonna work it out for good. He's gonna work it out. Hope carries with it an expectation of good. His good. We gotta trust his good. I'm gonna close with this uh, quote that I read that I, the picture that it painted for me was so powerful I wanted to read it and I also put it on your handout like the El Capitan mountain in Yosemite National Park which is like this straight up it's hard to get up there it's big it's tall like the El Capitan mountain in Yosemite National Park our heavenly hope is massive and unmovable fear is unable to scale to the top of the heavenly hope only faith is victorious because of the well-worn path marked by God's promises led by the Holy Spirit joy and peace accompany those who persevere 
in their journey of hope. Every Christian wants to develop character and have more hope, right? We all want to have more hope. Paul teaches us that these qualities are products of perseverance, which often come through trials. Obviously, we'd rather have better character and hope as like a supplement we take in the morning, you know? Or you go to Jamba Juice, you're like, I'll have a protein boost and a hope boost. <laughs> Throw in an endurance boost. <laughs> go do CrossFit. Ready to go, right? But that's not how God set it up. We endure through a trial and it builds our faith and it builds our hope. I think he plants hope in us by his Holy Spirit because really his love in our hearts is hope, fuels our hope. But then we also gain hope through our character and experience, which comes through persevering through the hardest of times. Our hope and our faith get tested. And then when we make it through, it cements them even more into our hearts. When you make it through something and you see God carry you and open doors for you and move mountains for you and bring healing to you, it builds your faith and you trust him and your hope grows. We serve a God of hope. We serve a God of hope, a hope that doesn't disappoint. So get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Put your eyes on him, knowing that God is working and moving on your behalf, behind the scenes, crafting his purposes, guiding you into them, until one day you'll fully in his presence and feeling all that love and approval and goodness wash over you. He loves you so much. He loves you guys so much. And because of that, you can have hope. You can have hope. There are women here this morning who are in desperate need of a hope boost. When I was praying about it, I, I got the picture of a raisin. Like if your hope, if you could look at it, it would be this dried, shriveled up, small thing. Um, and my goal this morning was to point you in the direction of hope and also to pray for you. Because the Holy Spirit inside of you, if you've put your faith in Jesus and if you've asked Jesus to come live in your heart and he starts to make room and clean house, he puts the Holy Spirit in there, he can pour so much love and hope into your life and into your mind and strengthen you. Let's pray. God, first of all, I want to pray for any, any person here who's come in who feels like their hope is like it's the size of an atom, like they just can't even find it anymore. They wouldn't even be able to see it. That's not how you intended for us to live. I pray for those who have no hope because they don't know you. They don't know what the hope of God feels like. They don't know what the hope of Jesus feels like. They don't know what it feels like to have the Spirit of God moving inside of them and filling them with such courage and boldness and hope. I pray for those that don't know you this morning. In fact, I'm just going to pray this really quick. I don't normally do this, but if you don't know Jesus this morning, and you want to know this hope, 
and you want to know that there's a God who's looking out for you and you want to know that there's a God who's making a way for you, who's in your future, who has plans, who loves you no matter what, who offers constant favor and forgiveness, then I'm just going to give you an opportunity to ask him to just come into your heart. That's all it is. That's believing Jesus is who he says he is, that he's come to save you and give you new life. And so if that's you, you don't have to do anything. Just pray like I'm going to pray, and then we'll go on. God, I come to you not knowing hope right now, and I'm desperate for hope. So I'm going to try this God thing out, and I want your hope to come into my life because I don't know what to do anymore. God, forgive me for my wrong choices. Forgive me for the sin that has separated me from you, that has kept you from getting too close. Forgive me for that sin, Lord. I'm sorry. And Jesus, you made a way for me to know God. You took all my sin on your shoulders and you paid the price of death so I don't have to. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are and that you died for my sins. And I ask you right now to come into my heart, come into my life, Holy Spirit, fill me up. Help me, direct me, rescue me, heal me, deliver me, and set my path on the path you want for me. Take my heart and my life. And God, for these women that know you, their hope is nil, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that you would just flood them with a sense of everything's going to be okay, with a peace that passes all understanding that makes no sense, with a courage and a confidence that it's all going to work out. God's got it. God sees it. He sees me. I'm not alone. I pray that you would give them a boost of hope and faith and joy. I pray doors that have been closed, God, that you would open them. I pray areas where there are mountains, God, that you would move them. I pray where there are people in the way making people human decisions that you would move those out of the way so that your will could be done. I pray for purpose and plans to come to fruition in this room this morning. God, thank you for the hope of heaven. Thank you that we know where we're going when we die, but also thank you that for the hope that you give us here today in every circumstance, that you will work things out, that you are for us. And you never stop working as your son intercedes and the Holy Spirit intercedes. We're not alone. So I pray for a fresh infilling of hope for all of us. Thank you, God. I love you. You're such a good Heavenly Father. Thank you for always being long-suffering with me through my life and all the dumb stuff I did and waiting and loving and caring and pouring out your hope into my own heart when I was in the dark places. I love you, God. Amen.